Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. It is the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Coming up to 2 a.m., the final hour of the overnight crowd here. Paul Sebastiani doing it with you in the studio up to 3 a.m. across the eastern coast of Australia. We're about to get stuck into some American sports, and we are joined on the line. Now, I'm going to dub him. we got to mention superstar Billy Graham, former champion wrestler, and I'm going to dub this man Chris Perkins, the reflection of perfection, the number one selection when it comes to all things NFL on the overnight crowd. How's that for an intro, Chris? <laughs> hey, that sounds. I like that. Uh, I, I'm the, the intro with with the with the wrestling reference. I, I'm actually uh, out running errands this morning. I'm heading to the city to downtown St. Louis. I have to get the final piece of my Halloween costume. Right. Okay. Oh, what what are you dressing up as? Well, uh, I am. I'll, I'll give you a description here and, and tell me if this fits. Okay. I stand about six six. I'm about three hundred and thirty pounds. I am going as the Undertaker. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. That is brilliant. <laughs> I love it. The, the Absolutely costume, love I, it. I I. I, I I was able to buy a full Undertaker costume on on uh, Amazon. Uh, the only thing I'm missing w- are the boots, which I get those anywhere. But <laughs> yeah. um, the hat that came with it, the coat, the pants, uh, it even comes with a wig. Oh, really? The well... one thing that didn't every everything fit except for the hat. My melon is. <laughs> so freaking huge i i have to go out to a, i i'm i'm going to a hat shop in downtown st louis right now to see if i can find a hat that's big enough to fit my, my melon <laughs> that's I, fantastic. my fingers are crossed i actually actually before we get on to all things nfl i actually i saw i don't know what was happening but i was i was vaguely awake when i woke up and i saw through my newsfeed on the socials uh i saw a couple of videos of mean gene auckland and I thought, oh, what's going on here? I go, geez, that that's a flash. That's a that's a blast from the past. Geez, wasn't he one of the wasn't he one of the great ring announcers Definitely. and hosts of the of the wrestling? He was he was just incredible, wasn't he? Yeah, he did a great job with the with the introduction with or with the interviews, the promos, the the wrestlers would cut backstage. He was so good with guys like Hulk Hogan and Bobby oh. the Brain Heenan and, right. and and the mouth of the South Jimmy Hart loved <laughs> all those guys when, uh, when I was a kid. But yeah, Mean, mean Gene was he, he was he was the guy with the chair and the whip 
you know, trying to keep things under control as best he could. <laughs> he was like the mediator between all, all the characters, wasn't he? <laughs> mate, I'll tell you what, this segment always puts a smile on my face, mate. I've got my cup of coffee here. Yep. I'm yeah, sitting it, back. It, it's it, early morning. It's uh, it's NFL. Match week five <laughs> is done. Uh, le- okay, let's now before we get into this game, uh, this Raiders, uh, this Raiders and Chiefs game. Now, you were you were holding on in your fantasy. I saw your Twitter by the skin of your teeth. Explain what happened in your fantasy team. <laughs> uh, yeah, that last drive for the Raiders last night. Uh, yeah, I was I was sweating it because. I went into the last night, I think it was 22 points up Yes. Um, in, in my fantasy league. My team was done. All my players went on Sunday. I had to, I had to sweat out Derek Carr, the, the Raiders quarterback, not having an incredible game. And, and of course, his, his first, uh, the first score of the game was a Derek Carr 58-yard touchdown pass <laughs> to Devontae Adams. <laughs> I'm like, well, uh, I'm close because I could just see how this was going down. Because yesterday I was saying, you know, I I don't wish ill upon anybody, but I would really have no problem if, if Derek Carr tweaked his hand <laughs> enough that he had to miss the rest of the game last night. Well, it, it didn't happen. So final drive, I calculated it up that if Derek Carr threw for 34 yards on the final drive. I was toast. I was going to lose that game. Uh, I wound up winning by 15 yards, six tenths of one point. <laughs> well, that win was... my well, no, congratulations. So, I'm so going to give you a round of applause off here. The winless, <laughs> uh, off the winless bandwagon, I am now one and four, and not the worst team in fantasy. In <laughs> well the, done. In the overnight crowd fantasy. Well league. done. Well done. I'm giving you a clap in the studio, mate. Yeah. Very well. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I feel like that. That me, you know, the the meme you see everywhere. The 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 guy who gets his medal from the pretty girl bites the medal. <laughs> Sprays the champagne, slips the double bird, and then you see the ten guys on the on the higher steps of the podium. <laughs> well That's me on that bottom step. <laughs> well, at least you're on the step. There you go. So well, well done. Let, all right, let, let's get into this Chiefs and and Raiders game. Paul off the temper text is asking about it. They were 17 zip down against the Raiders. It was all one way traffic early. But then the Kansas City Chiefs just went into another gear. They went into overdrive. It was. We're having a few uh, few little tech issues, Chris. Yeah, uh, on the let, on the line there. Have you got us? You got us back now. Right Hold on a minute. Top debate discuss the elephant in the room. That roughing the pass. Oh, we've uh, we just lost Chris. We'll get him back on the we'll get him back on the line. Just having a few audio issues with the uh, with the call out there, but uh, yeah, just on this game, uh, Chiefs thirty to twenty nine against the Raiders. It was one of the uh, one of the games of the season, and while the Chiefs were staring down the barrel of uh, of defeat, but uh, were able to rebound back. They were down seventeen zip and came back to win thirty to twenty nine. We've got Chris back on the line. Hopefully, Chris, have we got you loud and clear? 
Yeah, there we go. I'm That's much, right much better. Power right now. Much better. There we go. That's a hundred times better. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how I lose signal because I'm literally driving right past a tower right now. <laughs> I I don't get it. I can see the tower. Anyway. <laughs> All right, we're uh, back up and about. Yeah, let's but, talk about this but, Chiefs Raiders game. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's debate the elephant. Let's discuss the elephant in the room. That roughing the passer call. Oh my goodness. On, uh, Chris Jones, the Chiefs, second straight day where we have a, and I'm going to be generous in my description of this, a, a questionable roughing the passer call. Sheesh. Qu- questionable. That's very generous. <laughs> That's yeah, very generous. I, I, I'm trying to turn over a new, I'm trying to turn over a new lead. <laughs> no, the, the only difference between that call and the one that Brady got on Sunday was the one last night didn't ultimately cost the Chiefs the football game. Mm. That's the only difference. They were both absolutely horrible calls. Now, I I can sort of see the, the referee's perspective because he said that Chris Jones landed on Derek Carr with his full body weight. Mm. Okay, and you could make a case for that. He, he couldn't brace him. Jones couldn't brace himself and keep his body weight off of Derek Carr. Why is that? Because Jones had ripped the ball for Derek Carr and was in possession of it when yeah. he landed on Carr. It's, it it just, was a brilliant football play. It was. And it's a sh- it was a shambles to see the events unfold after. And, and especially what we saw in the, uh, you know, what happened with Tom Brady and the roughing the passer there. To see two in one weekend, I mean, it just you just have to scratch your head, don't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, here, here's another head-scratching play. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he got grabbed and, roll, and the, the defender rolled and actually threw Mahomes about four or five yards back to the ground. Mm. Referee said, nothing to see here. I'm like, come on, come on. Just a little consistency. Okay? It's mad- madness, isn't now, it? I think the NFL is overcorrected. And Troy Aikman, uh, he's getting, you know, he, he yeah, he, uh, and now Troy Aikman, he is a member of the quarterback union. Okay? Yes. When you've got a member of the quarterback union, a Hall of Fame quarterback, three-time Super Bowl champion quarterback, saying these calls are ridiculous, you sit up and you take notice. Yeah. Yep. Shall now, we play? Gonna, you know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna, let, no me, let me play a little bit of the audio. Let me play a little bit of the audio. He took during his career as the quarterback of the Cowboys. He would love playing in the NFL today. Mm, mm. Let, let's pl- I'll play a little bit of the audio with what uh, Troy Ackman had to say. Uh, oh, with regards to this roughing. Now, you, you sent this through as well. So this is on the uh, – this is courtesy of the awful announcing uh, Twitter page. So just uh, uh, listeners, beware with this one. It's, uh, it's mm-hmm. a buyer's beware. So let's have a listen to what uh, champion quarterback uh, Troy Aikman had to say with regards to this uh, roughing decision. Play again. The ball comes out right there. And the ball is possessed – by Jones. He's going to the ground with Carr. His body's there. It's just where it, it is. It's too much. I mean, my hope is the competition committee looks at this in the next 
set of meetings and you know we take the dresses off there we go uh in no uncertain terms troy aikman has just gone whack and he's now come under fire for those comments uh so yeah the uh the mob are going to come after troy aikman no doubt chris Yes. They already are. Uh, uh, in fact, that same website uh, put out a little blog piece uh, ripping Troy Aikman for the uh, takeoff the dresses comment. Um, I think it's cool, personally. It, it, it was a, it's a heat-of-the-moment comment. Mm. He is not a misogynist. Calm down, people. <laughs> uh, I... Understand his point. This is tackle football. Of course, okay? it, this is not a this is not a a powder puff football game that that is being used to raise money for a local high school. Okay, this the, these are grown men out there trying to beat the crap out of each other for our entertainment. That's what they sign up for. Yeah, it wasn't. It was not roughing the passer. And again, like I said yesterday, this is the overcorrection that we've seen from the NFL in response to what happened to Atagovailoa two weeks ago. Mm. Yeah, it was. It, it was saying that way. On, it's already gone too far. They need to slam the brakes on this and, and find some happy medium for crying out loud. Yeah, I agree. Because I agree with if, all of that. We're going to have a season like this where these calls become commonplace, you're now putting into question the integrity of the game. That's exactly right. Chris, we'll, uh, we'll give you a little call back. The, uh, the line's just chopping out and chopping in, and we're getting, we're getting a vicious delay on that line. So just give us a call back. We'll take a quick little break here on the overnight crowd. We've got Chris Perkins, our US correspondent, on the line chatting all things NFL at the moment as we get stuck into this Chiefs and Raiders goes. We'll take a quick little break here on the Overnight Crowd. We'll be back with Chris after this. You're listening to the Overnight Crowd. Back to the overnight crowd here on SEN, and we have indeed got the real American on the line. Chris Perkins is here to talk things, all things NFL. Chris, we've got you on the line now. I think we're we're loud and clear again. This uh, this delay's been a bit of a pain, but we're we're slaving through, my friend. 
Uh, listen, when when I'm ten thousand miles away from the studio, <laughs> you, you expect some technical difficulties. Uh, I think so. Yeah, you know, we we muddle through the best we can. Exactly right. Okay, so this game between the Chiefs and the Raiders, it was thirty to twenty nine. What what did you sort of? I mean, what was your overall feeling when this game ended? Is it a case of well, okay, maybe the Chiefs are, are not as good as we think they might be, or is it a case of well, geez, that comeback was of epic proportions and we need to really take them seriously yet again. Yeah, you're kind of torn because the, this was a game. The remember, the Chiefs were a seven-point favorite coming into this game, and they were down 17 nothing. I, the, the Chiefs at least bailed me out, and I didn't look like a complete moron. <laughs> I'm only a half moron for saying I take the Chiefs to lay the points. Uh, but they do wind up getting the win. But yeah, The Raiders looked great in the first half. They did. They did. The touchdown pass to Devontae Adams, it was a brilliant pass. The Raiders were absolutely dominant. The turning point almost was that play that we spent the last segment talking about, and all it did was piss the Chiefs off (laughs) to the point of, okay, we're not screwing around anymore. We're coming coming back. We're going to win this game. And it just made them mad. And they, they looked like a team that had a chip on their shoulder, and like, okay, you want to play us that way? That's fine. We're going to play just as dirty. Yeah, exactly right. It just and, it seemed and, that way, didn't it? And, and and you look at what the Chiefs are able to – and now we'll see, now they move to 4-1, and one, and this is the thing. And I think you look at these teams who have been there and done it and who are playoff regulars, and when those situations come down to a team being down 17-zip or 20-zip mm-hmm. or whatever the margin may be, they just find a way to get it done, don't they? Yeah, and, and the Chiefs are notorious for this. They have got uh, – how many how many of these comebacks in, in late-season games? Hell, even in playoff games. Well, they did to Houston a few years ago, down 20 to nothing. Don't even think twice about it. The comeback starts, and they just get that train rolling down, rolling downhill. Once they get that first touchdown or they get that moment where, where they get angry and get refocused – Look out because there there is a train steam rolling down the tracks with no brakes. Yeah, exactly Get right. Get the hell out of the way because it's going to end badly for you. Do you think as well? Uh, with That's kind yeah. of what happened last night. With Patrick Mahomes, do you think he's uh, – I, I feel like when in those that early part of the game, once, once the freedom kicks in for him and he says, well, okay, well, geez, we're down 17-0 now. So, I mean, I've just got to play – like I'm playing in the backyard now. I've just got to ping passes. I've just got to go for it. He ended up throwing four touchdowns mm-hmm. and, you know, he, he wins the game off his hand yet again, continues to show why he's one of, if not one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He throws for 292 yards, completes 29 of 43 attempts, and he just mm-hmm. goes from, from strength to strength, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he does, and, and those four touchdown passes, all of them to Travis Kelsey. First Chiefs uh, tight end to ever catch four touchdown passes in a game. First first ever on Monday Night Football, and Monday Night Football has been going since 1970. So first time somebody got four touchdown catches on Monday Night Football. Really, really cool moment. How about this for a stat line? This is the weird stat line for for Travis Kelsey. Sid catches, 25 yards, four touchdowns. 
pretty epic. Pretty epic, isn't it? Pretty 25 epic. yards, you're looking at that talk, going. Talk about efficiency. Well, apparently all he does is catch touchdown passes because he didn't do much else last night. No, no, exactly look, right. It, look at that stat line. Yeah. But, hey, hey, listen, uh, talk about absolute efficiency. Get down in the red zone, throw it to Kelsey. Safest play in the book. Absolutely, and that's that's how it is at the moment. Chris, we'll just take a quick little break here on the overnight crowd. We've got to get zip through these breaks, but on the other side, uh, let's go into week five of the NFL. Uh, sorry, week six of the NFL. We have got some massive games coming up. We'll do a quick little early preview. Then we've got an NHL season. The hockey season is bearing down upon us over in the US, and Chris. It's got all the details and all the analysis that we need to get through ahead of the 2022-23 NHL season. We'll take a break here on the Overnight Crowd, and we'll be back with all the American sports previews right after this. You're listening to the Overnight Crowd. Welcome back to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Getting into an NFL preview. We've got a big week six of the NFL coming up and the NHL season, the National Hockey League, the National Hockey season is about to get underway in the US of A and Canada uh, in the coming weeks. But uh, we've got Chris on the line. Uh, Chris, uh, let's get into this week six of the NFL. Now, the one game I wanted to talk to you about, and we spoke at, we spoke about it briefly uh, yesterday, was this Eagles versus Cowboys game. It's uh, 11.20 a.m. Monday morning here, but it'll be Sunday night over in your neck of the woods. How are you seeing this game playing out? It just it looks like it, this could be the game of the year. It'll be the most anticipated. It, it, it could be. Now, now there's another one that's, uh, that I'd like to have a word with you about calling it game of the year. Uh, that would be the Chiefs and the Bills coming up Sunday afternoon. Oh, wow. I mean, we got we got a couple of blockbusters. We do indeed. Coming, coming this Sunday. Uh, but, but I'm totally with you on that Philadelphia-Dallas game. Uh, it, it is a natural rivalry. It is two teams that hate each other. It is in Philadelphia. And, and for those of you not familiar with, with Philly fan, uh, let me enlighten you on, on the way Philly fan operates, okay? This is the type of fan – that Cowboys that the Cowboys are going to have to deal with. They have to deal with every year. But but Philly fan, uh, there's a jail inside their stadium. Uh, that's the first thing. They, they find they find it necessary to have a jail cell inside the stadium for for some unruly people. Uh, that should give you an idea how Philly fan is. Philly fan is known to throw snowballs at at the sidelines uh, when it when it snows at a game. Uh, they have been known in, in baseball to throw batteries well, at players oh. uh, that they don't like. Yeah, throw batteries, uh, and they and they boo Santa Claus. Oh no, you can't boo Santa Claus. Gee, that's 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 they a, have booed that's Santa a cardinal Claus. sin. <laughs> Philly fan is a different breed. Okay. And, and that and and it's fans. Honestly, it is fans like that that make a rivalry wonderful. And the Cowboys and Eagles they hate each other. Okay, and, and you'll see it on the field. 
and they hate each other when they're bad teams. <laughs> These are two really good teams. You got the Eagles at five and zero. You got the Cowboys at four on one. First place in the division is on the line coming up on Sunday. It's crazy, night. isn't it? it? Is, this is going to be a fan. This is this is going to be a fantastic I think, game. I think this is the way the way this game is folding out now. See, my my father, he's a he's always been a Dallas Cowboys man, and you know when I was sort of you know, sort of hitting my teenage years and stuff. You know, he'd always tell me about, you know, Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and all these guys. And he's sort of like, you know, like with pay TV and everything, because he's an old soul, you know, he doesn't, he, he gets it, but he doesn't really get it, if that makes sense. And now that Dallas is coming up into this game, he sort of, he tapped me on the shoulder today. He goes, oh, he goes, oh, they're, they're playing Philly this week. He goes, mate, it's gonna, this, this is going to be big. This is going to be big. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it is going to be big. So it's having an effect. It's having an effect in the suburbs of Melbourne. Love it. Love it. Get, you know, be, be ready. Monday morning, hey, anybody who, need, who, who needs a, a doctor's note or anything <laughs> uh, to get out of work on Monday to watch the Eagles-Cowboys game, Get a hold of me on Twitter. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on the radio. Maybe it'll pass my ball. <laughs> All right, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that for the listeners as well. We'll we'll get them to text in and see what you can sort out for them on the, on on that front. Okay, let's let's. Okay, so I'm looking at the I'm looking at the money line and the odds in this game between Philly and Dallas. Uh, I was actually surprised to see how far the gap is between these teams. It's it's uh, Philadelphia, the four and a half point favorite in this game. Uh, I mean, the home factor obviously has to be something, but Dallas is playing. I I thought, I thought Dallas there looked, looked a pretty decent bet just looking at that. But I mean, Philly, Philly obviously five and zip and got the home, home, home factor. Yeah. I mean, the thing is the, the big difference is it's the offense for Philadelphia, Philadelphia's offense. They are humming right now. Jalen hurts is, is doing incredible job at quarterback. For, for the Eagles, and it's bleeding over to the rest of the team. Uh, you got Miles Sanders, he's averaging 80 yards a game on the ground. A.J. Brown, he's 80 yards a game through the air. Jalen Hurts, uh, 1,400 yards almost passing this year. So he's averaging you know, about 250, 260, 70 yards a game passing. Very solid numbers for everybody. It's that offense that's really doing well for, for Philly. Conversely, Dallas – they're riding their defense. Mm. Yeah, they're getting points, but they're only averaging 18 points a game this year. Uh, so the offense hasn't been clicking quite as well. And, and part of the factor is a little bit of, you know, uh, cooked-in conservatism because you have your backup quarterback running things, Cooper Rush. Could change, probably will change when Dak gets back into the lineup. But, yeah, I, I see this being a, you know, see why it would be a four-and-a-half, five-point spread for the Eagles. Uh I, I'm not sure I buy that because as the Dallas defense shows up on Sunday night, the way they've shown up the first five yeah. games of the year, this is going to be uh, as as, uh, as uh, oh who was the uh, yeah as, as Jim Ross. Since we're going to stick with the wrestling theme here, this one's going to be a slobber knock. <laughs> love it, love it, absolutely love it. Uh, now. On this game, now, I wanted to ask you about Yalen Hurts. Is this probably the best pass-rushing defense he's going to come up against? You know, we, we've seen, you know, what they've been able to do. They're five and zip. We understand that. But this is probably going to be the biggest pressure cooker and pressure test he's faced this season. And it'll be interesting to see how he handles this pass rush, you know, this rushing defense of the Dallas Cowboys. 
Yeah, and I'm looking through here. His uh, five games so far this year, he's been sacked in every one. He's been sacked 11 times. And, and for a quarterback who is as mobile as Jalen Hurts, that's a little bit of a surprising stat. And it's not like they've been going through a murderous row of teams they've been playing uh, in terms of defenses. I mean, they mm-hmm. played Detroit. They played Jacksonville. They played Washington. You, you know, not, not great teams. Yeah, this is going to be probably the, the, the best team they're going to uh, play. Uh, this will be the best team they've played so far this year. I'm pulling up the the sack totals for for the choice right now. You got Parsons at six. Uh, they've they've gotten 20 sacks total. Mm. Parsons has six. Armstrong four. Lawrence three. Uh, so those three guys have to be accounted for, especially Micah Parsons, who can line up anywhere and beat anybody on an offensive line. Absolutely. He's that good of an athlete. He's, yeah. a, he's a beast. He is. He is. He's, he's incredible with the way he, you know, his sack numbers uh, suggest that. He's probably on track to be, you know, part of the Pro Bowl and looks just phenomenal again this season. He looks like he's gone to another level. Uh, Kansas City versus Buffalo. So, obviously, we went over Kansas this morning, defeating the Raiders. Now they play the Buffalo Bills and – well, Buffalo just absolutely brutalized Pittsburgh during the week. And, uh, well, Mr. Allen was back to his best and threw an incredible touchdown from deep in the field. I don't know if you saw that vision of it on, on Twitter or the socials, but there was a, there was a ground camera angle of uh, Allen throwing that amazing touchdown that was just – it was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. The crowd went bonkers. And now Buffalo brings in this momentum against Kansas. They have to do it on the road. They're the 2.5 favorites to do so. The Bills win this one, or is it is it Kansas? It just looks a real tough game to pick. Listen, just give me a game that's almost as entertaining as their playoff game last year, and I'm going to be happy. I'll agree that, with you. There. That was a classic last year in the play, the playoffs. Um, I I don't know Buffalo. Yeah, two and a half point favorites coming into Kansas City. It's not often the Chiefs are home dogs, but against Buffalo, I get it because. Buffalo Buffalo and Kansas City, their offenses are very similar. The difference, again, is the defense. And that Buffalo defense, we think, Kansas, we think Dallas's defense is nasty. <laughs> Buffalo takes it to another level. They do. They do. Buffalo, they do. I, they, they've got they, it. They had a great defense last year. Super nasty, getting in, getting in everybody's face, getting to the quarterback, picking balls off. I argue they got better when they got Von Miller. Absolutely, they did, and he's they're he a brings, better defense than they were last he, he year. Brings, that's yeah, that's he, scary. He brings that experience with him as well. And all right, so the, I think let's wrap that up with regards to an NFL perspective. Uh, we've got we'll we'll do we'll do a deep dive as we get closer to these games, and we know the injury news, and we know exactly what's happening with the squads. But I, I, honestly, from my perspective, I, this is probably one of the more exciting. NFL weeks, I think I've been part of, I mean, across just following the sport for, for quite some time. It's, this, do you feel that the season seems to be really, I don't know, it just for me, it just seems to be building into something special. I, I don't know. It just, the way these games are playing out and the way, you know, these, these teams are just starting to hit their straps and we're starting to unfold all these playoff credential teams and, you know, teams that have made runs and teams that may not have been expected to do what they're doing. It just feels like this NFL season has has something really special about it. Yeah, I mean, that, and, you know, once we get through the first four or five weeks, 
and we start knowing what these teams are. You know, you make all the projections in the world based on off-season, what players have been brought in, and things like that. But until you actually get through that first month and see what product teams are putting on the field, now we get into that middle part of the season where, okay, can they continue? You know, the teams that started good, can they continue it? through October, November, into December and make a, make a run? Or those teams that started a little lackluster, can they turn it around? That, that's, that's, what's the, that's what's great about the NFL. You, you have time to, to make up a, a, for, for some shortcomings, but you don't have a lot, a lot of time because you've only got 17 games to play with in your season, and you can't fall too far behind. Now we're getting into that season. Okay, let's find out what these teams we, – we have a good idea what these teams are. Now, are they going to be that way the whole season, or is something going to happen that's going to flip it? That's exactly right. Uh, with that, Chris, we'll take a quick little break here on the overnight crowd, and then we'll get all your thoughts about the upcoming NHL uh, National Hockey League season, which is about – to get underway over in the US. You're listening to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. We'll be back with Chris right after this. You're listening to the Overnight Crowd. Welcome back to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Crystal clear through the SEN app, of course. And, uh, well, in the final uh, 10 or so minutes here on the Overnight Crowd, Chris is still with us on the line, and we're about to talk things NHL. Let's uh, let's have a listen in on uh, on what you've got to say about the uh, the National Hockey League, the upcoming ho- Hockey League uh, season, Chris. Uh, What's happening over there? Who are the teams that are going to be competing for the Stanley Cup? And uh, have we got any any underdogs that might surprise us from your end? Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, the the, the season starts tonight. And if you haven't been following since the Colorado Avalanche lifted the Stanley Cup, um, it's been a busy summer. A lot of, lot of uh, moves. Johnny Goudreau left the Calgary Flames. Um, he winds up... Uh, signing with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Calgary had a lot of drama during the summer. Matthew Kachuk, he's now a Florida Panther. Uh, so, you know, Calgary, a team that made the, made the, made the playoffs, uh, got beat by Edmonton in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, they, they had kind of a tough offseason. Now, now, in terms of favorites, you got to think Colorado's going to be uh, one of the teams thought of that can defend the Stanley Cup, kind of like uh, Tampa Bay did uh, entering the, the season before last because they went back-to-back and almost made it three in a row. They made the Stanley Cup final this past season. But, you know, with hockey season start, I, I, this, this really is my favorite time of the year because as, as much of a football fan as I am, I love my hockey. And, you know, to have my Blues <laughs> hockey back, it is absolutely wonderful. And a quick note for, for Australian interest, yes. Nathan Walker, the only Australian in the National Hockey League, he has made the opening day roster for the big club in St. Louis. Oh, you'd be happy he with that. He will be wearing the blue <laughs> out from day one. Yes. I'm, I, I'm a Nathan Walker fan. I've been a fan of his for years. Uh, you know, he's, 
he he ticks a lot of boxes about you know about things I like about hockey players. Got a good little bit of goal scoring touch. He's never going to be a fifty goal scorer, but he's going to get a handful of goals every year. But he's a pest. He's a guy who <laughs> mucks and grinds in the corners and, and just seems to find the puck on his stick. He makes good plays. I think I might the uh, away I'll, from the puck on the puck. I might have to adopt the St. Louis Blues here, Chris, because well, my, my AFL team, who I love dearly, the Carlton Blues, obviously a navy blue, and they're called mm-hmm. the Blues. So I think you know what? I'm, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna ride the wave with you. I'm gonna join. I'm going to join the St. Louis uh, wave with you and join up, join up on the Blues. How's that? <laughs> you are more than welcome on the bandwagon. Uh, it's it's been vacated a little bit since the 2019 Stanley Cup title, but so there's a little bit more room on the bandwagon. But yeah, welcome aboard. Come okay. on board uh, and, and ride it with me. 82 games all the way through April. Okay, and, and then the playoffs start. I'm on board, so, so they won it. I'm I'm just looking up now. Won it in the 2018-2019 season. Let's uh, let's try to bring the Stanley Cup back to St. Louis, eh? Absolutely. We need another parade down down Market Street and uh, a, a, a victory celebration in front of the or under the Gateway Arch, like we did three years ago. I am totally down with that. So how many? So with the with the hockey, like if we're looking at like a venue now, this is just me being a, an absolute. I've got n- no idea when it comes to the venues. I know the game, obviously, and I, I watch the game when I can. But mm-hmm. how how does it work from like a venue point of view? What's the capacity, or what's the average capacity? Do you think, or the average crowd size? with regards to the hockey in the NHL? Is it upwards of 15,000? Is it in that vicinity, a little bit less, a little bit more? Most venues uh, hold about anywhere from seventeen to 20,000. Right. right. It's a basketball arena. Yes. I, uh, in fact, a lot of, the, a lot of the, uh, the arenas that are used in the NHL, they, they timeshare with an NBA franchise. Okay, right. Uh, a fair amount of the arenas do that. Like, well, like uh, the former Staples Center out in L.A. You know, you got the Lakers and the Clippers. Also got the L.A. Kings in there yes. play, playing hockey. Chicago, United Center, Bulls and Blackhawks. Uh, yeah, Madison Square Garden, the Knicks and the Rangers. There, there's a lot of arenas that, that timeshare NHL and NBA franchises. So, so same same size venue, seventeen to twenty thousand. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes will be the exception. They're pl- they they had to move out of their arena in Glendale, Arizona, because of uh, bill payment issues with the city of Glendale. Oh wow! Uh, they have moved into a a new arena that that was built by Arizona State University for their hockey for their college hockey team. It seats 5,000 people, and that's going to be their home for the next three okay. years. So and, and interestingly enough, it's called Mullet Arena. <laughs> and they, they are, I'm just looking at the markets now, the odds there, 250 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. They, they sit in, they rank last place with the bookies over here to win the uh, Stanley yeah. Cup. So they, they are obviously given very little to no hope, basically, of, of, not just making playoffs, but winning the whole thing. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. The Coyotes are not a good hockey team; haven't been for a while. So, okay. So, uh, if you want to take, if you want to take a flyer and a long shot, there are better ones. Okay. Let's. All right. Let's have a listen to those long shots. We've got five minutes until we wrap things up. Uh, who, who do you think the the? Oh, okay, okay. So Colorado are the clear favorites. Obviously, they're 
they're, they're the favourites with the bookies mm-hmm. over here. But are there teams around them or maybe little underdogs that you can sort of look at that could cause some trouble in this in this upcoming season? Yeah, let me pull. I'm trying to pull up my uh, my betting market right now. You got it in front of you, right? Yep, so I've got it right in front of me. You tell me better with it. I can. I can. You've got uh, well, the Maple Leafs are the second favourites. They're nine dollars. Florida ten dollars. Tampa what? Bay. What's this? Is that is that good or bad? Toronto is second favourite. They're a team who have won a playoff series in 18 years. Yep, they're they're second favourites. And and better betters actually think Toronto's going to win four playoff series this year. There you go. Somebody's smoking something here. <laughs> All right, there we go. So you think the bookies have got that one wrong over here? I'll make. I'll definitely make note of that. Uh, Florida ten dollars. Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. They're ten to one. Carolina Hurricanes are twelve to one. Uh, the Calgary Flames That's are six. Who's that? Carolina Ca- Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, Carolina at twelve to one. I I've got them over here. Uh, I actually have them sitting as joint second favorite with uh, with uh, Toronto on FanDuel at ten to one. Okay, okay, intriguing. All right, so Carolina Hurricanes, little bit of value there. Uh, now let's okay, let's have a look at okay, let's have a look at the the head to head games this this weekend. Have you got? Are there any teams that you've looked at in these head to head games that we head into? This morning, first game, New York against uh, the Rangers against Tampa Bay, uh, LA versus Las Vegas, Carolina versus Columbus, Montreal and Toronto, Washington, Boston, Colorado, Chicago, Anaheim, Seattle, Edmonton, Vancouver. Those are the games we've got up here. But uh, is there, could there be a team there, maybe an upset brewing in, in one of these first games that you've picked or, or a team that you just think are, are a lock to, to, win, to win its first game? Yeah, I mean, in terms of locks, I mean, you know, as much as I just ripped on Toronto, uh, they're playing Montreal. Montreal's not going to be very good this year. Okay. Uh, Colorado raising the banner against Chicago. If Colorado loses that game, start talking about the Stanley Cup hangover. <laughs> Colorado's good. Chicago is not. Uh, and that's by a pretty wide margin. Uh, I love this Tampa-New York Rangers game. That That – to, to kick off the season, that's a hell of a game between two really good teams. Tampa's a three-time defending Eastern Conference champion. The Rangers, they are close. They, they, they got so close to, to making a deep playoff run last year, uh, just ran up against Carolina in the playoffs, and Carolina was such a good team last year. Uh, but the Rangers, I think they're a team that can make some noise. And to kick off with, with Tampa – the hell of a first matchup. Yeah, and the market's suggesting it's going to be really tight as well. $2.25 for the Rangers, $2.50 for mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, 6 to 4. And the draw is uh is 3 to 1. So, uh yeah, that's that that looks like it's going to be a good game to to get us kicked off with, but uh all right. So, let's yep. let's have a summary of of what's going on here with regards to the uh with regards to the future. So, the Stanley Cup, you think uh Carolina Looks the value at uh, at around about twelve to one. Now, just I just wanted to go uh, yeah. back over this. So, NHL season. Okay, so it starts uh, this morning. But we had a caller in earlier who goes by the nickname of Kingy. Now, this is back to American football, back to the NFL. Just before we wrap things up, 
he listed eight teams that are in the danger zone that he thinks, okay, well, the warning signs and alarm bells are going off. And I wanted to get your opinion on these. So he said the, the, the warning bells are going off for the Bengals, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Broncos, the Cardinals, Commanders, the Lions. And the last two were really interesting. The Dolphins and the Packers. Alarm bells for those two teams. Yeah, I, I can't dispute all of them because they all have fatal flaws. Yep. Right? Take the Rams, for example. They can't score. Mm. Their offense is struggling. okay? You know, the Packers, they just went to London and played a rather indifferent game against the New York Giants, uh, a team that, you know, they may have underestimated. Uh, Miami, well, two is injured. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has been the concussion protocol. Who the hell is going to be their quarterback? That 3-0 and start's going to evaporate quickly for Miami. There, There is really no team that doesn't have a fatal flaw. The only exception to that might be Buffalo. Yep. Because they got the great offense, they got the great defense, they got the great special teams, they got everything you want. But even a team that doesn't have a fatal flaw can have a moment. And against another good team in January, it only takes a moment to have your season ruined. It so, does indeed. And that's what makes the NFL so unpredictable. It's awesome. I know. It's the best. Well, Chris, we're about to wrap it up now, my friend. But uh, we're going to hey. do it. We're going to do a big uh, – we'll do a big NFL uh, preview. I think I'll be on the airwaves on uh, – I think either Thursday or Friday back doing the overnight crowd. But, uh, mate, pleasure doing it with you as always. And uh, let's uh, let's see if we can uh, get some value with the Carolina Hurricanes, eh? Very very quickly, all, uh, back to Jared Waitley being in Kansas City last night for Monday Night Football. I hope he's listening right now, and I hope he's not heading to the airport because, Jared, you got to go to Arthur Bryant's Barbecue in Kansas City. Okay, there we go. If you're we'll in let Kansas him know. City and you Perfect. don't go to Arthur Bryant's, get there. <laughs> Done. Send him a message. Beautiful way, to, beautiful way to finish it, Chris, mate. Absolute pleasure doing it with you. That's it for the overnight crowd tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.